2: Them. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli.
1: I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm lightning Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
2: Well, it's day two of Wimbledon, and I shan't name any names, but somebody in the room with me now has uttered the words, what is Nick Kyrgios's route to the final? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean, the first thing it will require is somehow to extricate himself from a fifth set held overnight yes. against Duca and Bear.
2: His route to the second round is not yet <laughs> sealed, far from it, and yet here we are swept up. Once again. I mean,
3: Matt, I'd have thought you'd have known better by now. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: I know it's not the biggest story of the day, Nick Kyrgios not even completing a match (laughs) against Ugo and Bear, but it is the one freshest in our minds because we're recording this at close to midnight, half past 11 UK time because we've been watching Not A Night Session I should stress, Wimbledon don't have night sessions, uh, but we have been watching tennis being played at Wimbledon, under the roof, under the lights, uh, by Nick Kirios and Ugo Ember until just minutes ago. Uh, I've missed
1: Nick Kyrgios. Mm. I've not really thought about him through the tennis we've had since the Australian Open. And yet, when you see him play like he was playing tonight, you realise what he brings to these tournaments what, and what, how much what, I do enjoy you, watching You it. mean
3: you weren't swept up by get that vibe on uh, Twitter whenever he <laughs> tweets that? Because I don't really know what any of that means. Uh, There's something cube, computer game-based. Um, and I, I, to me, I've... I've <laughs> I finally... We're
2: reeling in those younger listeners, David, <laughs> hit, <laughs> hitting all the demographics.
3: That's what I'm going for, you know, with what his what is Nintendo and all that. Um, but I, I think that he is a, a turn off when he for for people like me who care about tennis when he's banging on about all that lot and then he walks out on court in a match like this and reminds me why i am still a career optimist
2: the thing is he's hard to miss because you you never he's never reliably there you kind of mm. miss things that you are used to to being there or can count on being there and he has never fallen into that that category cuz you you can kind of, in yeah. in that case, you could miss him while he's playing.
1: Yeah, perhaps miss is the wrong word. I've, I've forgotten mm. how much I appreciate Nick Kyrgios at his best, which I think was pretty much what we saw yeah. today.
2: I mean, yeah, he could be fitter, but I think sort of adjusting our expectations of Nick Kyrgios, which I think we have done in the last two or mm. three years... This was the best of Nick Kyrgios tonight, yeah, pretty much.
3: I, I still did end up thinking. Just, just imagine if he got to the final. Um, <laughs> but oh, by the way, Hugo and Bear's good, isn't he? Really good, really good. Like
2: and a, particularly good draw. on grass. I think
1: rough draw for him coming in as the Halo champion and getting and he, Nick
2: and Kyrgios he's, first. He's round. made Kyrgios have to knuckle down because he can he can read the Kyrgios serve, mm. and he. I mean, he was returning it like it was a dolly serve in the early stages of the fifth set that we were just watching it they've they've been called off for the non-covid related curfew which is a bit of a throwback isn't it do you remember when curfews weren't anything to do with
3: the pandemic when they were just about the merton council <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whims. um
2: they were called off at three all in the fifth set due to the um local uh yeah council curfew um and it could not have been more finely poised. Yeah, but right. it was it was look, there were splashes of silly uh shot selections and um you know, unnecessarily flashy tweeners. But mostly it was just Nick Kerrios as Hannah put it being a professional tennis player, which is not what I came
3: for. <laughs> so she left. <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> she chose that point to stop her incredible Twitter service that had been going for a full nine hours. Uh, who's going to win, by the way, now from three games all in the fifth?
2: <sighs> I mean, it's the irresistible force of Kyrios, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to be unable not to say Kyrgios in okay.
1: answer to yeah, that, same, even though same, it, it same, might be silly. Same. Yeah. Same.
2: Same.
3: Mm. (laughs) well I have to say that because I predicted that didn't I even though I kind of think Umber might win anyway but um,
1: I enjoy how much Kyrgios rates Umber as well you can tell that he thinks he's good and I think therefore that's perhaps one of the reasons why Kyrgios did knuckle down in this match and was really engaged and professional I mean for all of it I mean when he when he was serving to stay in the second set, he overplayed the drop shot. I think he hit about four in a row um, and Umber started to read him. And then he went off a bit in the third set and got it back together in the fourth set. The stats showed that he'd hit zero unforced errors in the fourth set and got 95% of his first serves in. It's one of the best sets of all time. <laughs>
2: stat machine was drunk at that point. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um look I am I'm using Nick Kyrios and by extension Hugo and as a procrastination tool here from having to talk about what is the biggest story of the day and that is Serena Williams departing center court limping off center court having having retired in the opening set of her first round match against Alexandra Sasnovich um she sustained what looked like an ankle injury she she came onto the court with strapping on her right thigh and then it was a very slippery center court had been all day has been all tournament that's something we'll talk about andy murray's had his say on that um and she she slipped sort of what at first glance in real time looked like quite an innocuous slip but but played back it her ankle sort of did Bend in a, in a not particularly pleasant way, and it was immediately apparent that she was significantly hampered. Couldn't serve. Went up to the line to serve. Was clearly distressed and crying. In fact,
3: really sobbing, Weep, really sobbing, openly weeping, weeping on yeah. the court.
2: And um, the inevitable then came. She, she retired. From the match, the referee came came out to her, John Blom came out to her and kind of sort of intercepted her on her walk towards the chair, actually. Alexandra Sasnovich gave, in the circumstances, an extraordinarily good interview on the court. Um, because for her, play, <laughs> it was the first time she ever played on centre court and, of course, this incredible atmosphere. All of those people in centre court thinking they're seeing Serena on the quest for twenty four, possibly, probably her last Wimbledon. And then it, it ends like that, and Alexandra Sasnovitch definitely didn't want it to end like that either. Um and it's is desperately sad. We were all quite quite somber for a little while after that happened actually, and thank goodness for <laughs> for Nick Kirios and Hugo and Bear for picking us up off the floor a bit because it was It was a really tough sight
3: to see. Mm, I think that was universal. Uh, How could you not see anybody suffering like that and, and all their hopes and their dreams and all the things they've worked for for this tournament? And this is the one. This is the one Serena Williams was eyeballing all along, really, wasn't it? This is the one she's just won so many times and thinks that if she's on a game that she has the upper hand against the field, the whole field. And... I mean, she's been trying for years now to get this 24th Grand Slam title and draw level with Margaret Court. And the question marks have been growing as to whether she has a chance of doing that anywhere. But if it was going to be anywhere, it's here. And to to get, what, what four, four games in to the match, into her Wimbledon, and to have that happen? I mean, that's that's just rotten luck and uh and you could tell that she just thought the world was against her and uh and was really struggling to take it in she didn't do a press conference afterwards she's she's left to uh, release a statement and um yeah i just feel terribly sorry for her
1: gosh yeah it's it's too cruel for this this particular attempt at number 24 to end um i really 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 hope that was not her last wimbledon experience we just we just don't know what the next year holds um there was a there was a prolonged wave goodbye as she left the court but that could have just been an in the moment thing i i just get such sadness and i know serena has played into this chase for 24 herself but I just feel sad that the narrative around Serena is her not getting 24 when we know that is a ghost record and we're not, at the end of her career, celebrating all of her achievements. You know, it feels like she's falling short and it it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't feel like that. It shouldn't be framed that way, in my opinion, Um
3: I don't think it will be in the long run.
1: No, I know what you mean. But I just, I'm finding this chase for 24 really quite, I don't know, really quite traumatic in that way. Because it doesn't doesn't feel like it should feel Mm. for someone so, so great.
2: Mm. Mm. Uh, Yeah, who would have had Venus going further than Serena in... (laughs) Mm. In this Wimbledon. Um she was she was ray of sunshine today, Venus Williams and and her her opening round win, which you commentated on, David.
3: I did.
1: Mm. To the world. To the world. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was against mihaela Bozonescu and uh I, I thought it'd be a good match. I thought it, on, on paper they'd had a three-setter in their one previous meeting before and there were two tie-breaks in that. But almost from ball one, you just got the sense there's so little between these two. As a 41-year-old, Venus Williams, and a 33-year-old. I didn't realise Mahela Bosoneski was 33. But good player, left-handed player, and they just duked it out. But again, uh, some of these stories, some of these players with these histories just... They they're more than tennis players, and you can see them fighting the ears out there in front of your eyes, and the crowd just willing them to do so and to overcome these dual adversaries of opponent and age. And and you know people often say, "Oh, I wish she'd stop talking about how old she is." But it's it's crazy what she's doing on paper. Forty one. She this was her twenty third Wimbledon. And it's not been going very well recently for Venus Williams. She's ranked outside the world's top 100. And... We we
2: tuned into that match this morning here at Tennis Podcast Towers um, because we love Venus and because you were commentating on it. But I, I think we both did so with a little bit of trepidation because there have been some tough Venus Williams watches recently where she's looked just so much a shadow of her of herself. It's still... Completely admirable that she's out there, and I completely respect that she is. But just as from a fan perspective, it's, it's tough to watch someone so great not be be so far from great. But like, I'm not saying she was great today, but it was a good old watch, and well, she was great in the press conference afterwards. Yeah, she.
3: I mean, she overcame the two adversaries today, and they were significant. And I mean, she starts off matches and even after all these matches I've seen of hers, she rolls her arm over for the first two service games and the the ball is barely going above 70 miles an hour on the serve. And and I always, when that's happening, think, oh, no, she's injured. She's hurt her shoulder. She's hurt her back. And it just seems to be some sort of warm-up routine. It's like an <laughs> extended warm-up because suddenly she decides right then and 113 miles an hour goes down and she still has the same firepower. The movement isn't what it was. I don't think that's a surprise, really. But she was good enough. And the thing is, she doesn't go away. I mean, this was well over two hours. Her mum, uh, Oracine, and her sister were sitting side by side in the player box and just going through it with her. You know, the, the, the amount of effort that is being put in. And, uh, and she got the win. And the, the look on her face after, afterwards it was all worthwhile. Mm. It was kind of the total it was, and, opposite. It was Andy Murray-esque, wasn't it? And it if... was total opposite of what we saw with Serena later. You know yeah. that you, taught, you saw the two extremes of the emotions mm. with, with the two sisters today.
1: It's been a lot of emotions today. Yeah. I've felt a lot of things. And
3: the press conference that you referenced as well. Venus can sometimes look as though she, and she really, you can tell, she's just world-weary with press conferences so often. And yet, this one, she embraced. <laughs> she was good fun and she was in, insightful, everything.
2: Yeah, she had that glint in her eye. The The same glint from, from that clip that did the rounds about... Uh, what did she say?
1: She said, um, I don't know what's going on with the ATP. I don't have the bandwidth. Wish them luck.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, she was asked about being put on court three, which... Which I, m- not news, think is a travesty. Just but an it, annual it's, event. Now, it's just it? an annual. Yeah, it's an annual event. Um, and she, she said, Look, no, I was, I wasn't disappointed. I, I, I never think of it like that. I'd go out there, I'd do my thing, but I do appreciate your sentiment because <laughs> <laughs> the. The chap asking the question, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't remember who it was, said, you know, unbelievable court assignment, like you're a five-time champion. Blah. Yeah. And she said, no, nah, I wasn't disappointed, but I do like that you were disappointed for me. <laughs> um, yeah, she was great.
1: And, 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 and a lovely answer about Anz oh, who sh- she plays next. I mean, she sh- she knows a trailblazer when she sees one. Absolutely.
2: As she spoke brilliantly about Onshaber, you know, not just trotting out the the sort of stuff that everyone knows, the headlines about Onshaber, first Arab woman to do to do this, etcetera, etcetera. She, you know, she she knew she knew a lot about Onshaba and the significance of her and talked about what a trailblazer should be, not just for Arab women, not just for women, not you know, just everybody should be respecting Jabeur and seeing her as an inspiration. Um, and it was, yeah, it's just lovely.
3: She, she'll enjoy the challenge, I would think, as well. I mean, she might not enjoy it when she gets out there, the way Jabeur's playing at the moment. I mean, she can make life very difficult for anybody. But I think if, if Venus Williams can provide a decent level in that match, it could be a real belter because they're so different. To me, you've got power against, I guess, guile and and a box of tricks really um but two players who just really thrive on the surface
2: and I'm so I'm so relieved that that match has been scheduled for for court number one um but I mean it's a great match it would be an absolute travesty for it to be elsewhere but Venus Williams is likely to lose that match I think and there's a good chance that will be her last ever Wimbledon match there is every chance this is her last Wimbledon. And I don't want her last Wimbledon match to be on court number three or anywhere other than centre or or number one court. So I was very relieved when that scheduling, scheduling came out. Now, speaking of players about whom we speculate uh, as to whether it will be their last ever Wimbledon, Roger Federer. Would it be fair to say, Matt, who was on centre court watching live in colour today, would it be fair to say he dodged a bullet with the very sad, unfortunate retirement of of Adrian Manarino?
1: Definitely fair to say that. And that was Federer's assessment in a very analytical post match interview he gave on the court where he really went into some depth about what he thought had happened in that match. Um he knew that Manorino was playing better than him today in the in the real meat of that match. I think Federer started it fairly well, um and then went off midway through on on his forehand in particular, he got he got a terrible case of the Shanks on the forehand, and he was spraying the ball all over the court. He seemed to have no control over it. And Manorino is such a crafty player. gives you no no rhythm, no two shots the same. There's no ability to build points like you would against other players. And I thought Federer was in big, big trouble down two sets to one because he wasn't playing well, and Manorino was. And he doesn't and he didn't have the recent form for me to think, oh, well, he'll find it eventually. I I, I was thinking, well, this might just be how Federer is playing now and it might not be good enough. Um, it's it's always transfixing to watch Federer fight mm-hmm. because he does it in his own way. He He doesn't do it loudly like a lot of other players, which is great. I love all of that. But. Federer's way of doing it is just by raising his tennis and letting his tennis bring him back into a match and he and he did that at the start of the fourth set. And he he had got some control when Manorino fell over and, and hurt his knee. Dreadful shame for him. But I I really do think a fifth set would have been very, very difficult against Manorino. Um yeah, he was he was lucky today, Federer, and and he knew it. Um, and you know, maybe maybe we watched the sliding doors moment before our eyes because who knows what he could go on to do in this tournament if he can get on a bit of a roll. But there was no guarantee he was he was winning this match if if Manorino had been fully fit throughout.
2: What do we take from it in terms of the future of Federer in this tournament? Is it sort of Tough, tough first round. Understandable rust. The, all that matters is he made it through. Or do we say alarm bells? Roger Roger Federer's game isn't there to to beat Adrian Manorino? That's that's worry.
3: I, I would say if he's fit enough, uh, and I think there's always a big question mark over that at the moment. Uh, if he's fit enough. I never worry about his game because I, th- I think at any point he, his game can click into gear.
2: Well, how how fit did he look?
1: He looked fit, yeah. I, I wasn't concerned that he was flagging physically. Um, and I think Manorino is such a particular, specific mm. opponent, you know. I don't think there's anyone who's got the combination of being a lefty and hitting such a flat shot and... Knowing his way around the grass court and he,
2: giving you nothing energy-wise, he's oh, just—he's a drain, isn't he?
1: It, <laughs> he is—he's a vibe killer.
2: <laughs> he is. <laughs> Don't invite him to any parties.
1: <laughs> and and that's that's kind of what I mean about Federer's fight back. There was there was very little energy mm. on the court. He had to create it all with his tennis
3: and little adjustments,
1: tiny little things, and. You know some of the points he played at, at the start of the fourth set were really really stirring um It was also a strange atmosphere on centre court because you know it's federer he's the he's the you know the king of centre court and he should be the one commanding everybody's attention and yet the match hmm. was on at the same time as England, Germany, and the euros so Lots of people's attention in the crowd was slightly elsewhere, and you could feel a slightly odd atmosphere. I think, I mean, personally, I was thinking if Federer goes two sets up, I might dip out, go and watch some <laughs> of the football. So you're kind of on edge a little bit throughout the match, and it's just strange to watch Federer in that in that scenario where he's not totally the focus of everything, hmm. and that will change unless he clashes with England again. But, <laughs> you know, I just think this was a bit of a one-off match. And if he's fit, which I believe he is, I agree with David, he he can find that tennis.
2: The The reason that the Roger Federer match, which was second on centre court, ended up clashing with uh, England's sensational 2-0 win over Germany is that Ash Barty and Carlos Suarez Navarro, who were the first match on centre court, uh, ended up going to three... Sets and just thinking back on this now, I am realizing why I feel so emotionally wrung out because we've already done a podcast laden with emotion, and uh, I I still think I'm about to talk about my most emotional moment of the day, which was Carlos Suarez Navarro leaving the center court to an absolutely rapturous reception after losing in in three very entertaining sets to the top seed Ash Barty and the camera cutting to her mother in the crowd who's basically an older blonde Carlos Suarez Navarro <laughs> if you if you would like just yeah, an incredibly accurate visual.
3: They didn't caption her. That did, I didn't no, really sound on. Not
2: necessary. But I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> it's the same face, <laughs> with a few more wrinkles and a blonde wig on. <laughs> um, and it was just so perfect. The emotion on her face—it was sadness and happiness in equal measure. It was sort of all humanity in one in one human face it was extraordinary and i filming on a phone she's oh goodness (laughs) and i you know wimbledon isn't some it's it is not carlos suarez navarro's most successful slam it's not somewhere that you associate with her um you know grass as a surface isn't something you associate with her but wimbledon did this right and it righted the wrongs the wrongs of roland garros and what was particularly right about it and Matt, you should talk about this because you were there, is that I think if that had been a normal Wimbledon crowd, they wouldn't have had quite the understanding that that crowd in there today did about the significance of that moment for Carlos Suarez Navarro um, and the significance of Carlos Suarez Navarro to to tennis over the past 10 years.
1: Yeah, I think. That's quite possibly right, um I was really pleasantly surprised by how everyone in the stadium recognized the moment um, because you know there's no there's no announcement at the start mm-hmm. there's no you know there's nothing telling you that this is an incredibly important match, and yet people people got it, and they got it, i think even actually just before she left the court when she was serving Love 5 down in the final set, which, you know, it could well have been her last Wimbledon game. There was a massive applause before she went to serve and she won that game. Another massive applause. Barty won the match and Barty recognised the moment as well. Mm. She, She let Carlos Suarez Navarro have the applause. And yeah, as you say, I think tennis... Needed this moment. Needed to give Carlos Suarez Navarro mm. this moment because what happened at the French Open wasn't wasn't acceptable. Really, mm. you know, and this this course correction needed to happen, and and I'm I'm so happy it did. I can't I can't believe that the loveliness of that moment took place in exactly the same place as what we went on <laughs> to experience on center court today. It's just been. It's just been an extraordinary day of emotions. It has.
3: Um, By the way, um, Darren Cahill tweeted after that, after Ash Barty had had played in this wonderful match with Carlos Suarez Navarro, they got to show, to exhibit all of Mm. their skills. Mm. And these are players with the loveliest angles and spins and flights of a tennis ball. It's so
1: relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just to watch them.
3: You get to see... These points unfold. You can kind of oh well, it could go over there. It could come short. You know, you you know what the options are if you watch them enough, and they just ex- they're exhibiting all of these things in front of you. And Ash Barty's speech was pitch perfect. She's mm-hmm. becoming so good at, at mm-hmm. moments, picking the right words and the right everything about her demeanor as well. She just has a lovely way about her. And Darren Cahill just just provided a little sobering reminder of of the fact that this isn't just Carlos Suarez Navarro having a a little bit of a lap of honour in her final year. He said he was on the court with her when Simona Hallett was practising with Carlos Suarez Navarro just a couple of months, three months ago in Madrid. And he said she would practise for 30 to 40 minutes and be out of breath. She just, you know, this is a woman Mm. who has had cancer very recently, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, she's been in remission, she's had chemotherapy for it, But, you know, her condition had gone. And she wasn't prepared to just show up on a a main show court, take some cheers and leave. She wanted to, a little Andy Murray-like, make sure everybody knows what she was all about. And that's what she did today. Mm.
2: Back through the emotional ringer. Thank you very much, David. (laughs) (laughs) Um Let's (laughs) Let's <laughs> like a like a bucket of ice cold water. Let's go through the Court One results today, where it was where it was German tastic. Indeed, uh, Alexander Zverev was a successful uh, German.
3: Yeah, straight sets.
2: <laughs> I, I was thinking, what's the name of for someone from Germany? German. <laughs> um, he beat Talon Griegs for three straight sets. Totally. I mean, he, he, he gone are the days when he faffs around. I mean, he did go two sets down to Oscar Otter in Paris, didn't he? But it feels like that, that habit is fading. of Zverev faffing around in opening rounds of slams. Uh, then Angelique Kerber um, also scored uh, a rare winner for Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
1: went there <laughs> <laughs> Um six four
2: six three over Nina Stoyanovitch. she was a breakdown in the opening set in that one but then just uh, got her game together and finally on uh, court number one well before the the Kyrgios match was moved there Daniil Medvedev uh, lost the third set to Jan Leonard but came through to win uh, in a tie-break fourth set despite what some people predicted no. Who
3: predicted that? I
2: thought Matt predicted that.
1: No, I predicted another incorrect.
3: <laughs> oh, right. Sure. <laughs> There's been a few of those today.
2: <laughs> was it more or less I think it was Daryl predicted oh, that. Uh, okay. Well, it didn't happen anyway.
0: <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
2: Dan Evans beat Feliciano Lopez seven six six two seven five. A match that was supposed to be played yesterday, and we we dialed a Dan.
3: Yeah, let's dial a Dan, shall we, and uh, find out how it all went because uh, we reckoned it might have been a bit tense out there. So was it?
4: Yeah, today was a uh, was a good win. Um, yeah, I was a little. Uns- yeah, I had practised solid but not great few things wasn't wasn't going the way I wanted them to in practice so I come in to the match with a bit of uncertainty which isn't ideal but you know practice very different to matches so yeah that's why I was you know pretty relieved when I won and so yeah that was that was uh why it was a good win really and yeah it was a good day overall and just just found out playing court won tomorrow so that's Another big match, and really looking forward to that. So it's uh, today was good, but now it's you know ready to go again tomorrow, which is a hard match and three out of five back to back days. So yeah, it'd be good good to uh, to get going again tomorrow and hopefully another win.
3: Yeah, so Dan Evans is playing uh, against Dusan Olavic in the next round, and I also took a chance to ask him about uh, Andy Murray and whether he watched that. And whether we watched the Old England, and what it might have been like,
4: yeah, watching Andy last night was uh was not easy <laughs> it was um you know a strange match, and then ebbed and flowed so much, and obviously being fired up, I thought it was over, actually switched over, and then you know obviously was getting told it was getting tight, so then turned back on um yeah, it was uh. I mean just happy he got he got through it really and you know it's through it was a strange one Yeah we watched the match downstairs in the players restaurant uh a lot of the uh, the English guys and there was some Germans there as well uh as was there yeah it was good it was good it was it was good fun all light-hearted and uh, it's a nice, England one.
3: Could barely control his glee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's—I mean—he he actually said that in, in an earlier message that, that he—he was—I mean—he sounded really quite worried about the serve, and I find that quite fascinating. To to be in practice and not have your one of your shots working, and then you've got to get out there and try and find it. I mean, that's that's pretty tough, but. You know, he got the job done, didn't he, against a a seasoned grass court player. And now, really, I mean, this is a heck of an opportunity, isn't it, for Dan Evans? If you think about it, he's got Dusan Lajovic, who he would be favoured to beat. And suddenly, Stefanos Tsitsipas is not in his section of the draw. I know that's further down the line, but still.
1: Yeah, there were two things stopping me from picking dan evans to reach the quarters
3: really you would go in there
1: yeah i mean they were two big things okay they, right, they right. were the the fact that you can't get out of round one in a grand <laughs> slam <laughs> and
2: yeah that's the thing that stops me from picking Benoit pear to reach <laughs> quarters as well you know
1: <laughs> and stefano Tsitsipas, yeah. who yeah. he's had a Terrible time against. And look, I think grass would be a surface where he would be helped against pass But having seen them match up against each other, I couldn't possibly predict that Evans would get mm. past him. But he's got out around one, and pass is gone. So I'm completely with you, David. This is now a big opportunity, and of course that <laughs> brings brings mm. its own pressure, doesn't mm.
2: it? Yeah, but I uh, but I but I do think that the that will be counterbalanced by the pressure that's relieved by mm. just winning this match today. Yeah, I agree. Because mm. the, there were a lot of scenarios where he didn't win this match today.
3: I didn't see any of the match because I was commentating at the time. But we've just watched the match point and the. The body language on him. I mean, (laughs) he looked like somebody just giving him electric shock. (laughs) And he's coming (laughs) to the net at the end. He was so pumped up. And and I mean, look, he said in a dialer down a couple of days ago, didn't he? This is a proper grass court win if I can get it. Mm. And he could be off and running now.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really good today, really, really good. And that was that was a tricky match up for anyone. So yeah, he's got Lajovic, uh in round two. He'll play that on court number one tomorrow. Coco Goff won on court number two today. She beat Fran Jones seven five six four. Decent match that one. Uh, Fran Jones really yeah made a match of it. But Coco Goff just just ticks off the wins these days, doesn't she? Um, I say these days like she's been around forever.
3: These sort of last few weeks, there's, there is a sh- there's been a shift, though. <laughs> definitely, and I think we've 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 spoken about that, and and it it doesn't it doesn't feel that doesn't feel like a blip in itself. That feels like new normal.
2: Mm, definitely, Barbora Krachikova can play on grass. I think.
3: Turns out,
2: um, she beat Clara Towson six three six two today. That was the one you predicted. That yes. was that's the badger. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, talk about an unknown quantity, Barbora Krzykova. Um I mean, she she could win Wimbledon.
1: I know, or
2: very <laughs> a, much not win Wimbledon.
1: Yeah, what a what a strange situation <laughs> that the most recent Grand Slam champion, as you said, an unknown quantity. I had no idea what to expect from her. Mm. Bearing in mind, she'd never won a main draw. WTA match on grass before not even just at Wimbledon just on grass generally WTA main draw single she'd never done it this is her first one plus you've got coming off the back of becoming a Grand Sam champion they, they just were unknowns and yet I mean I didn't I didn't see the match today but that scoreline would suggest she's found her feet very quickly and suddenly she's a factor Mm. In this draw, and I, and she's in that top section with Ash Barty. I think they would potentially meet in the fourth round, which was would, would be a match up. I would love to
2: watch. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, also on court number three, Oster, Oscar Otter and Arthur Rindachnek Not confident about that pronunciation. Matt's going as Rinderneck.
3: I think you did all right then. Yeah, thanks. From, because I know I butchered it and and I've been corrected Um, so
2: anyway he's out Oscar Otter beat him and the reason I mention that um, is obviously primarily to please Oscar Otter fans uh, but secondarily because um, Oscar Otter will now be the second round opponent of Andy Murray in the third match on centre court tomorrow and I've realised this is the first time in god I don't know how long that I'm expecting Andy Murray to win a tennis match
3: yeah, it's, he's it's got quite different. He's got that big unknown against him, hasn't he? Of of just how the body bounces back because we've had a couple of slams, or certainly the U.S. Open when he had that miraculous escape in the first round from two sets down, and then came out flat the next round. Admittedly, against a very very good player in Felix Auger-Aliassime, but you know the body just couldn't really cope. At that point, I think the adrenaline will be there from mm. from ball one. The crowd will be there. Everything will be there. And as long as the body physically is okay, I don't think I don't think there'll be any flatness to him. Yes, was it um, Dan
1: Evans perhaps, or perhaps someone else? But I think it was Dan Evans who was talking about how much easier on the body generally grass is, and. I can imagine for Murray that that it's, you know, easier on his body than those hard courts at the US Open. So the Basilash-Philly match wasn't ridiculously physical. A day off, I think is massive for Andy Murray that he doesn't get held up by the schedule and he and he probably won't because his matches are going to be on center court or court 1 with a roof. So I'm hopeful that we'll see another Good Andy Murray performance tomorrow, but as you said, yeah, expecting him to win—that's that's, that's mm, quite it's a, a different flavor, it's quite a it? development oh, just who, in a few days.
3: Who who would he be playing in the third round?
2: Chapovalov, Shapovalov, who, who won escaped. in won six four in the fifth today over Den- uh, over Philip Kohlschreiber. The movement was having a bad time for a couple of sets there because Philip Kohlschreiber you know you know uh, look i know he's i think he's 37 and i know that's not even particularly remarkable in this this day and age but usually the old the 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 aging tennis players l- look really young for their age because they're incredible athletes et cetera. Et cetera. philip kohlschreiber looks like a normal bloke 37
3: yeah he looks like he, he looks a bit like me
2: quite a lot
1: like david yeah, yeah.
2: he looks <laughs> he looks like, not someone a 22-year-old would would want to be losing to, I'd say. Anyway, he didn't. It's fine. Shapovalov's through. How old were you when we played, Matt?
3: What do you know?
1: I'm 25, so right. I
3: think I would have been 23. Hence why Matt didn't want, hmm. to, didn't want to lose to me and... Didn't lose
2: to me. <laughs> uh, Pliskova beat Zidanshek. That was uh, my prediction for the day. And I think Pliskova was, f- uh, Zidanshek was 5-2 up or something in that opening set. Anyway, she completely pidd- piddled all over my, <laughs> what would have been a brilliant prediction. Um, what else have we got? Hubert catch won three sets over Lorenzo Musetti.
3: I feel like grass is going to take a bit of time for... For these extravagant one-handers <laughs> yeah they they take a bit of time to get their short stabby block returns going do not they
2: maria Sachary, one and one over a rancher she is somebody that i don't particularly have a feel for how good she can be on grass you'd think that her incredible leg strength sort of kerber like mm. might might help her you know keeping low but yeah
1: yeah she's one of those players who is in a completely different realm to what she was in last time Mm. Wimbledon was played exactly
2: there's a lot of them fascinating Uh, the last result that I just wanted to highlight from today was Sebastian Corder beating Alex de Manor um, 7-6 in the fourth now obviously an upset on rankings and and yes an upset but but one that most people saw coming, or at least potentially coming.
3: I, th- I think certainly long term, I, I I'm a massive Seb quarter believer. I think this kid can go far. I think he's got everything. Really, I still I that's comes quicker than I expected. I thought Diminor would win that, but I, I think on paper you can certainly make a, could have made a very strong case for a quarter win, but. Th- The mind still goes back to me to the conversation we had about tournament wins right on the eve of Wimbledon and the problems that that might cause. Don't know whether there's any cause and effect there at all, but we do know that he played that Eastbourne event. He won it. It had been a disrupted week with all the rain. And then he's come here. He's got a rough draw and he's out. And that must hurt. Mm.
2: Peter Seb Sebby Sebastian's dad is uh, is here with him.
3: Is he? This
2: fortnight, yeah.
3: Well, well I hope I, we bump into him because he's uh, he's he's a nice bloke and uh, and he's had the most incredible couple of weeks, hasn't he? Because um his daughter, is it Nelly? His Nelly. daughter, yeah, Nelly, won, won her first
1: Yeah, she won her first major and is going to be number 1 in the world.
3: And and the other daughter, Jessica, is also a huge golf star.
1: She's a yeah, she's in the top 10 and has won loads on the LPGA tour already they're, just amazing they're real rock stars of that mm. tour
2: they're the family that <laughs> that everybody hates on the street aren't they <laughs> uh, right then tomorrow's schedule we have Novak Djokovic against Kevin Anderson first up on centre court. David mused over an upset prediction there earlier. But I think you were just having a moment. In fairness, I think <laughs> he was just moment. reading out the order of play. Right, OK. <laughs> um, Katie Bolter against Irina Sabalenka. Mm. Mm. Uh, Oscar Otter against Andy Murray rounds things off on centre. Then on number one court, we have Svitolina against Van Oitbank, Then Nick Kyrgios and Ugo Humbert to finish. Then it's Dan Evans and Dusan Lajovic. And then, finally, on Strabur, Venus Williams. Court number two tomorrow. We'll finally get to see Bianca Andreescu.
1: <laughs> yes, there's still a lot of first-round matches lot. on the schedule.
2: A lot. The first three matches on court two are all first-rounders. Corne against Andreescu. Then Puy against Norrie, which is to finish. Puy took the first set on the tie-break in that one. So... Uh, they will come back to complete that match. Felix Auger-Aliassime and Thiago Montero. And then Svontek against Zvonareva and Kenin. Brengel. Berettini will play his first match.
3: I'm covering that, by on the way. court number I've just, three. I've just found out. And guess what else I'm covering?
2: Dan. Dialer Dan. Correct. Got to stop calling him Dan and remembering that it's
3: dialer Dan now. No, the segment is called dialer Dan. No. The name is Dan. <laughs> nah. Will
1: David say dialer Dan on Five Live? <laughs>
3: no, I won't. <laughs> hmm.
2: Disappointing. Uh, Vadasko Dimitrov, Bencic, Yuvan, Mugger Ruth is on court number three. Goodness me, Monfils still <laughs> hasn't finished his first round match. That started on Monday. As a rankers on court twelve, Liam Brody against Diego Schwartzman, Matt's sniffing an upset there, not confidently if his current facial expression <laughs> is anything to go by. Uh, goodness me, tomorrow is an absolute feast. It's it's a selection of first and second round. They they they've got such a backlog now that they have announced that the first and second rounds of the men's doubles competition will be best of three sets rather than best of five because they just need need to free up court, court space and time, basically. Uh, the good news is the forecast looks to be improving significantly from tomorrow. Um, I think that's it mm. for your day two. I'm sorry. I mean, look, it had its highs. It really did. Um, but overall, a bit of a bum out of a day. So let's focus on the football. And apologize to all of our German listeners.
1: We are watching it for the third, fourth time, maybe.
2: Yeah. It just appears to be
3: on some sort of loop. It is. Yeah. Isn't and
1: it great? We've it's on a loop anyway, and then we've gone to plus one <laughs> <laughs> just to watch it again.
2: Yeah. Muller's about to miss miss an open goal. Again. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um yeah, so Goodness me, that was, that was a day at Wimbledon. We'll be back for, for more tomorrow, of course. We'll have a newsletter as we do every day of the championships of every Grand Slam, so do subscribe to that. Follow us on Instagram, I'm in charge fun fun stuff's
3: happening. Doing a sterling job, I got to say.
2: Yeah, and follow us on Twitter. Hannah's doing just a splendid job on Twitter. Oh, she was amazing. Amazing. To tonight, I absolutely mean, covering, amazing. Particularly covering
3: the Serena Williams mm. story, which was heartbreaking, obviously, and she got it. Oh, it's so interesting to watch. Um,
2: we have our mascots. Uh, we're not performing particularly well for them, but they're they're <laughs> hanging in there with us. I've I got mean, Zeus. Come on. I David Scott Road. Rogue. Rogue's
3: been in touch and
2: Well, I had Serena Williams winning the title, David. Rogues so. had
3: stern words.
2: Uh, Matt Skausel Mausel. We we ride again tomorrow, put it that way. Uh Billy Jean has Billy Jean King and she is she's never a letdown. Um, we have our Wimbledon mascot, Mocker, owned by Lovely Dawn. Lovely Mocker and Lovely Dawn. Uh, we have our executive producer, Chris Albert Lee, and we have shout outs.
1: For Leslie G,
2: as in G double E, like Gina G, no,
1: as in the letter G.
3: Oh, Oh, that's cool, isn't it?
1: That's that's all we've been given,
3: like that,
2: like Jay Z. Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
3: Mm. Really cool. Mm. Right, Leslie. Thanks for your support. Will Ford. Right, Will. Will Wilford or Will Will Ford? Will
2: Ford. Like Gerald R. Ford, <laughs> the um, the president of the United States, from from vice president to president after the beneficiary of Nixon's uh, impeachment.
1: Very much like that. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Will. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for your support. Then. <laughs> and well,
2: not impeached. He wasn't impeached, was he? He resigned before. He, he resigned anyway.
1: Okay, And Stephen Wright who, Hi Stephen Who writes to us
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very often Appropriately
2: Hello Stephen
3: We've just had Ian Wright on the telly Celebrating the last goal that just went in Oh it's oh, gone in again another goal. <laughs> It's <What laughs> do you gone know? in again <laughs> Same, same scorer as well <laughs> Still 2-0 It's better
2: every time Right then Thanks Stephen Thank you Stephen Thank you for listening We'll speak to you tomorrow